Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson and I'm your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What is going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of the Metal Forge. Wow, here we are, episode number 201, and this week we have Dave Grigger from Mortiskulled, you know, Milwaukee death metal that's it's over 30 years old. Wow, I cannot believe that. You know, here we are already on the uh, the, the way to 300. Uh, I'm excited. We're, we're kicking ass. We're chewing bubblegum. We're all out of bubblegum. 
and we are going to do this. But, you know, before we get into talking with Dave and all of that, holy shit. That was kind of a bomb dropped earlier this week, wasn't it? You know, with Metallica all of a sudden just saying, Hey, uh, by the way, we're putting out a new album on April the 13th or what the fuck ever, 14th or whatever. And then they then they sent out all the, the tour stuff. And it's... Yeah, I know they're older and everything, and they're doing... And this was the whole thing. Like, if you remember watching Some Kind of Monster... They showed us like, well, you you know, you could do you could do Friday, Saturdays, and be home through the week. You could do whatever you want. You write the book, right? And they've kind of adapted the the festival schedule thing that they had done for the Dan, uh, the Danny Wimmer shows, like the Louder Than Life, Rockville, Aftershock, uh, Sonic Temple, and what the whatever the hell else there is. Uh, where they did the uh, the Black Album in its entirety on the one night here in Louisville. And, you know, which was interesting. So it's like a Friday-Sunday tour gig. And it was... The tagline of the tour said something like, uh, uh, No Cities Repeated or something like that. <laughs> and Mexico City's on there uh, twice. <laughs> But the, the tour packages, oh my gosh, they're insane. There was one of them that was over $7,000 for for a show. And it's like, fuck, man, $7,000. It was actually $7,272. Yeah, I know, they're clever. Because if if you did the, uh, the silver package on two continents, where you got the... Uh, the 2023 uh, United States or North America, excuse me, and uh, Europe package, it was $1,981 after fees. And yeah, so this is something they've done for a while because, like, on the uh, the 30th anniversary shows that back in uh, 2011, they did the same thing that each night was priced at $19.81 per ticket and, and all that but anyway uh, so the song I, you know just like with Hardwired I'm a little bit just kind of like it it seems to me like these last two albums they've they've released you know the, the first song is, is the, kind of the same thing to me you know, Hardwired is a three and a half minute jam, you know, and, and it's kicking. Lux Eterna is the same thing for me. It's like a three and a half minute, just like balls out jam. And, you know, because when you get to the rest of the album, the whole album's going to be like 70, like four minutes or 78 minutes or some shit. And it's going to be a long album again. And I don't think I'm exactly so, I get the, like the concept of what uh, James is talking about with with the whole concept of 72 seasons because it's, you know, the first 18 years of life and, like, what you're predetermined and what you're told you need to do and, you know, just basically, like, shedding those misconceptions and doing your own thing. Uh, And there's four members of Metallica, so 18 times four is 72, 72 seasons. However, you know... 
I don't. I I love black and yellow. I, I then you know there's an interesting thing. There's this band that I know that has this this black and yellow logo uh, out there also, and it's not it's not even it's like it's uncommon or anything, but you know. So I love that. I love the color scheme. However, if if anything Metallica has taught us is like they get stuck in some kind of uh, what am I trying to say here? Not necessarily a rut, but they start to become comfortable with people. Like for example, you know, Bob Rock stayed a little bit longer than he needed to, I think. You know, he was there for Black Load, Reload, and St. Anger. And then they were just like, yeah, you know, we need to get away from this. Uh, the art direction has been the same way. Because the same person has done, he did Death Magnetic, SNM 2, Through the Never, Hardwired, and uh, this album, uh, 72 Seasons. And it's like, they've completely changed their art direction, you know. When St. Anger came out, you know, they went back to an animated album cover and stuff. And I've always been a big fan of, like, animated album covers and stuff like that because I think it screams thrash, but, that I, I mean, it's just a personal opinion on mine. So, anyways, Jason is back to talk about the new Metallica announcements and such. And he's here from the heavy metal wasteland, and he's kicking ass and chewing bubblegum and all out of bubblegum, too. And let's see what Jason has to say. Because I can't... You know, I'm a huge Metallica fan. I really am. I mean, somebody had said to me where they were just like, well, it's Metallica. And I said, I think the word you're looking for is dependable. Because, let's face it, Metallica's Metallica, right? <laughs> so anyways, what Jason? What you got, Jason? Hey everyone, welcome back to the Wasteland. Uh, good to be back for episode 201. I know I was just on 200, uh, but the countdown begins to episode 300, but more about that next year. The Elephant in the Room called Metallica uh, released some news about a new album and tour and song and video, etc. And me and Mark have had an ongoing joke for the last couple days about who will get closest to guessing what the ticket prices are uh, for this tour. Uh, we use the prices right rules. I won. I was way under. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was shockingly way under, actually. So, this one's going to skew probably mostly negative, even though it's my honest opinion. I just can't get over these ticket prices, really. This band used to champion the blue collar. They would play, like, small markets, uh, you know, instead of big ones, build their fan base like that. Uh, and and uh, somewhere along the line, I don't even know where, that all went by the wayside. Even when I went and took my son to see the uh, Hardwire tour last year, I only paid like $110 for those tickets. I mean, that, that's still a lot, but it was like, you know, in an arena. And we were really close, so it kind of justified the price. Plus, you know, he got to see him up close, which is cool. But 
Yeah, those days of seeing Metallica are probably over. I don't see them going back to arenas if they can get these kind of prices for a stadium show. And I'm not a economic uh, professional, uh, you know, talking head or you know, anything like that, but I do know that uh, usually when you have uh, more quantity, you have lower prices. I also know that when you just travel to one city for two shows, which all these are, all these tickets you have to buy uh, the whole weekend. You can't just buy one show. But I do know that when you travel, you only have to go go there once for two shows. So it seems like the travel cost uh, savings would be reflected on these tickets. But I think these are the most expensive tickets they've ever had. I'm almost positive of that. Yeah, just something that's not like a special event or something like that. I'm talking just like general admission, public can attend stuff. So let me go over some of these uh, enhanced experiences. Now, I know these are a little um, priced a little higher because you get like perks, but you can still see how much the uh, tickets are, are, are running. Um, so the first one that's, first one I got here is the Nothing Else Matters Snake Pit Experience. These prices range from $32.22, that's $3,222, up to $4,398. Now, granted, you get to go backstage and with a meet and greet one of the two nights. You get a production tour led by a Metallica crew member and an on-stage group photo. You get one ticket to the Snake Pit, um, which is cool. You get to party with other Metallica fans both nights at the official Black Box Pre-Show Lounge, which includes three complimentary beverages, as well as appetizers and bar snacks. I bought VIP to a festival a long time ago. It was the first Louder in Life with uh, Judas Priest. And that that uh, VIP shit is a waste of money. It's 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 lame as hell. Uh, two limited edition show-specific posters. One autographed set list featuring all the songs played at both shows. A commemorative city-specific concert ticket. Limited edition Metallica merchandise item. An MP3 download of the live audio from both shows. Now... This one kind of gets me. An MP3 download. You can't even get a Wave or a Flack or, God forbid, order one of the CDs they offer. No, you just get the lowest quality download there is. Express lane at a designated merch stand. And on-site perks such as priority check-in, dedicated support staff, and a fast-track lane into the venue. Alright, so that is for like the super hardcore fan. If they can get the money, good for them. Um, I would not pay anywhere near that because I can't afford it and just on principle alone. Uh, the next one is Moth into Flame Snake Pit Experience, which is everything except for the meet and greet and the uh, production tour. So The next one down is the One Enhanced Experience. This rank, Sorry, the Moth into Flame one was $1,038 to $1,398. The range. I'm not sure what the range is. I've tried to look, but I can't find why. I can't find why there's a range. Uh, the one enhanced experience is $830 to $1,098. Now, this one you get a premium reserved seat in the first few rows of the lower bowl for both shows. Uh, you get access to the lounge, the merchandise item, the MP3, express lane, on site perks. Frantic early entry package. This is like the budget one, uh, $414 to $598. This probably, the range is probably, depending on where you 
it, maybe. I'm not sure. No, it's a four ticket. So, yeah, I don't even know why it has a range, to be honest with you. Uh, you get pretty much uh, everything except for... Well, you get the general mission four ticket. You get a limited edition merchandise item, a complimentary beverage, priority merchandise shopping, prior to public doors. Seek and destroy reserve package. $518 to $698. You get a uh, receipt in the lower bowl for both shows, one limited edition merch item, express lane, on-site perks. Now this next one is kind of interesting, and I don't really think it's terrible if you have uh, friends with disposable income. This is the Lux Eterna platform package. So it says that the platform is less than 75 feet from the stage near the production tower. And basically, this is for up to eight people. So you would buy the platform, and you would you can bring up to eight people. So you can actually split it, eight people to two shows. It actually came out to like four hundred something dollars, which wasn't terrible, I didn't think. If you have friends that can swing it, obviously, you get the platform for a private group. Now it doesn't say if how many private groups are on this platform. I don't know if it's one or if it's sectioned off into quite a few. It doesn't say. Uh, you get a cooler stocked with beer and soft drinks. You get access to the black box pre-show lounge with three drinks. You get a limited edition Metallica merchandise item for each member of your group. You can pre-order your concert merchandise and have it delivered to your platform. And you get the on-site perks. That one is actually pretty cool. Um, if you, Like I said, if you have friends that can afford it and will go with you. However, one person has to put that on their credit card. So if you have a high interest rate, man, I hate it for you. So, um, all right. So that's just the packages. Now, let me go into the, um, let me go on Ticketmaster's website. And this is for the uh, MetLife Stadium. If you don't know, that's where the Jets and Giants play in the NFL Stadium in New Jersey. And they have prices on here uh, already. So, so clicking around here, if I just went to the lower bowl, um, no packages, just a seat. Let's say um, section 137, which is probably about the 40-yard line on the left side, or right side, sorry. $1,007. They have 100 tickets for that price. Let's go to the nosebleeds. Let's go to 338th top row. $407. For the very top row, um, which would be about the 40 to 45 yard line, looking down. Midsection, uh, 234 in the end zone, $507. And that's about the midway up the uh, section of, of rows. So yeah, um, again, this is for two nights, but it's a lot. That's like the nosebleed is like $203.50 ticket. And I don't even know if these um, regular tickets that you don't buy in a package uh, probably don't include fees. So on top of that price, you still have Ticketmaster's fees, which who knows how much that will be. Uh, if someone actually uh, finds out, please let us know. But again, like I said, this band, Blue Collar Champions, no more. Um, the economics are just like, fuck it. Let's get our. Let's just take everyone's money, who is willing to pay, and let's go with it. And that seems to be what this uh, what this tour is all about. This tells me right here that Metallica no longer considers my uh, you know fandom important by pricing me out of going 
to these uh, shows, which you know I'm a big fan, still a fan of the music, but you know they've uh, they've outdone Kiss, which is uh, quite a feat with uh, merchandising and exorbitant ticket prices. So uh, yeah, there's uh, there's no other band uh, taking advantage of their fans more than Metallica nowadays. Uh, they have taken that crown from Kiss for sure. And uh, just a real quick, um, you know, observation here. If I'm doing the math, uh, say the ticket prices are average of about $700, and say there's about 70,000 people that will fit in the stadium, that's $49 million for two shows. So almost $25,000, $25 million per show. Two openers, where they get like maybe, you know, 50000 75000 you know, each. And, uh, yeah, the rest is uh, all in your pocket. Not to mention how much the merch will cost and how much the concessions will be. And who knows about parking, uh, you know, how much that will be. It's always a, you know, it's a, it's a real it's a real issue sometimes for these bigger shows. So, But, uh, yeah, so, like I said, skewing a little negative today. But, you know, that's just the way, um, I don't know. These concert prices are, uh, are high as hell. And, uh... I'm really glad the uh, Taylor Swift uh, stuff uh, came to light, and maybe uh, something will get done about um, this uh, Monopoly stuff, because Live Nation and Ticketmaster are now the same company. One does tickets, and one does the, ven- uh, one does the venue, and uh, yeah, they just, uh, you know, they just keep all the money to themselves. It's uh, There's no outside um, ticket broker that can sell, or any uh, other promoters I can put on shows in their, uh, you know, properties. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a real shame, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe she will be the key to breaking this shit up. So we will, we shall see in the future. But, uh, again, guys, if you're going more power to you, you know, I'm happy for you. I'm not downing anyone who is going. I'm just saying that for the average man, especially when it's in the middle of shopping season, right before the holidays to having a, pr- a price tag uh, like this. And most people are going to have to buy two because they don't want to go by themselves. So keep that in mind also about how high these prices are. And uh, also having to buy a ticket for two years in the future, it seems a little um, unnecessary. Like maybe, uh, maybe the next year one's okay. You know, it's uh, the first show of the tour is in April. Uh, I kind of get it. But do you really have to put the set, uh, shows on sale now for 24? I mean, you can't just give someone like a, a year's heads up. Like, hey, the shows for 2024 are going on sale December 1st, for etc. Something like that. Why does it have to be like announced tour tickets on sale right away? It's like you catch people off guard and then they just can't afford it. And I don't know. It just seems like... There's no regard for music fans. It's just for, like, corporations and people who have, you know, um, disposable income and time. So The recent Merciful Fate Tour proved that you don't have to have tickets on sale eight months to a year in advance to sell out. Because that tour started, like, a month after they announced it. It was, like, really quick. So it just goes to show that if the band has a dedicated fan base, that... You can sell it out in a short amount of time. You don't have to have a year or two, in this case, to um, get those get those tickets sold. Okay, well, I ain't going to stop bitching. Uh, but in all reality, I do like the song. Not a fan of the cover art. Not a fan of some of the song titles. Not a fan of the 
of the album title, but the new song is really good and seems to step in the direction that everyone wants them to go in, but we shall see. Uh, April 14th, I think, it comes out. I'm sure most of the album will have been released in singles by then, so it might be like one or two songs that you haven't heard by the time it comes out. That's usually the way it goes. It'd be much cool if they just released the album on Monday, you know, with no uh, announcement or nothing. That I think that would have sent uh, people to a frenzy in a good way. I think that'd be really cool, but you know, hence it was not to be. So, as always, guys, uh, stay safe, stay heavy. Um, let me and Mark know what you think. Uh, you know, am I uh, am I to way off? Am I just jealous that I don't have a bunch of money? All right, guys. As always, stay safe and stay heavy. And we will see you next time. If we don't talk before then, happy holidays. And uh, stay tuned for some uh, news around the first of the year regarding uh, some mergers. I think you'll uh, be most pleased. Thanks. You know, I think that, like... We share a lot of the same ideas on, like, the whole, like, tour package and stuff like that. Musically, I still like the band. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the the prices for the tour package, and it, it's just insane. And, obviously, inflation's a bitch and all of that. And I don't know if it's, like... Just I don't know if it's outright greed or if it's gonna be the production is so expensive that it's gonna that it needs to be what it is. But I was doing some some looking around, and out of the seven shows that are you know that out of the silver tickets that you can get, and if you went to every single show that that they offered for like the North America package, it. Uh, it's $998 after fees and it basically drops down the price to the tickets to like right around $70 a show which is pretty cool but yeah of course you gotta factor in all your other stuff like your, your travel and your lodging and food I mean so yeah but anyways you know that's enough Metallica talk on this episode it seems like you know we get onto it here for a little bit so let's check in let's get some more to scold here we're gonna go back to the very beginning so we're gonna talk about this in the interview about the demos being re-released so this is more to scold through the eyes of death
All right, metalheads, this week is a super special treat because now we are in the 200s here at the Metal Forge. And I have Dave Gregor, right? That's correct. Awesome, awesome. From Morta Scald. Heck yeah, man. Awesome. Glad to be here. Hell yeah, dude. What is going on? Not a whole lot, man. Just getting ready for winter, which I think we're all not really wanting to embrace. But, uh, yeah, just hunkering down, uh, writing the next record, and uh, we're uh, we're real close to the end of that process, and uh, hopefully go in, uh, hopefully going in March, and hopefully record the next record. So kick ass, man. Uh, well, you you got a little bit ahead of me here. So sorry, uh, you're up in Wisconsin, is that right? That is correct. So you've already kind of been in winter for like a month now. Well, technically, te- <laughs> yeah, technically, yes, but we've been pretty decent. It's been just, a, it's just the weather's been fantastic. So, but I think it's about to change tomorrow. So, right. so it's get really, really cold. So, Absolutely. yeah, we've been really lucky. Yeah, we've been really like, it's, it's been warmer than normal. You know, I actually had just went up to Milwaukee and played for Randy Castor up there. Get uh, out of here. Yeah. Uh, back in October, we did Blades of Steel 2. And it was like, it dropped, because we're from, I'm from Louisville, and it was like 70 degrees here, and when we got up there, the high was like 45. <laughs> well, what's the name of your band? Overload. Oh, okay, yeah, I, 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 you know, I was probably hanging out in the bar that day. Oh, wow, <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was over at uh, Garibaldi, it was pretty cool, it was a fun deal, and sure. Uh, sure. You know, uh, I loved it up there. Super, super awesome room to play in. Yeah, no, it's always a good time. Hell yeah. So with winter coming on, you did just sit there and let the cat out of the bag that hopefully by I March, did. you guys are going to go do a new album. Yes, that is correct. That is the plan. Awesome. Well, kick ass. So for the people out there in Metal Forge land who may not be familiar with you guys, uh, consulting the Metal Archives is something I do on here, and it's kind of like Wikipedia fact or fiction. Yep. There's a lot of cool like tidbit information that is true, but there's a lot of fucking shit that just people put out there and are nuts. Sure. Now, sure. it says that you all, in the the first run, you all went from 90 to 98. That is absolutely, well, it started it started in 89, but officially, yes, it, it, it started very, very early 90 is when we decided to change the name. The, the formation was kind of, you know, taking its transformation over, over like a year or so. But then finally, yes, we branded it with the name and then it officially became the band in 1990 definitely so and then uh, obviously as for most things that most of the bands from that era you know that if you're, that you're not like major touring all the time everybody seems to to call a hiatus which kind of happened until 2010 12 ish maybe was that right um yeah, close close yeah about 2011 okay uh so again like when that happens because we're looking at like like 33 34 years now of 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 the band so like Mm -hmm. whenever you all what made you all get back out and say you know what fuck this let's go back out and do something (laughs) well you know when the band broke up in 1998 excuse me it was a it was you know it, it was one of those things uh you know death metal wasn't 
you know, it wasn't at its height at that point. And of course we had the, you know, the dreaded grunge come in and kind of wipe out every other kind of music that was already around for a while. And, uh, the drummer we had at the time, just, yeah, he started a family and, you know, we, uh, we embarked on our first tour and, uh, the first night here in home in our hometown, we, you know, we're lucky enough to, uh, open for Slayer. And then we went on to the next days and the next day and the drummer got sick and, you know, he couldn't fulfill the, the rest of the tour. So the band really never toured, came home a couple months down the road. He's like, Hey, you know, I want to call it a day. No problem. Uh, it took us a long time to find somebody and we just weren't finding that right fit. So I decided to go off and start a whole nother original band in a kind of a different genre style. And, uh, that band, uh, that band took its course. Uh, and once that band took its course, uh, I was partnering with, uh, Eric Greif, uh, who, uh, was, uh, in, Ch- he's like the lawyer. Uh, he managed obituary for a long time, but I know for Chuck from death, you know, he was their manager and the charge of the state for a long time. And him and I were talking at that time and he's like, Hey man, why don't we just put the demos out, you know, cause he had produced the first two demos. So he was like, I really want those demos on CD. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I went, you know, some studio and they threw it from cassette on a CD. And he's like, well, what if we, you know, what if you went in and like you, you know, you just kind of like, you know, mixed, mixed it a little bit better or whatever, you know, and cleaned it. Sure. So we went in, we did that a couple of times. We started finding all these extra tracks and everything else. And then finally the, uh, it was a compilation. So it was kind of like the demos and a couple unreleased tracks. And uh, he, we put that out through relapse just to kind of test the waters and, you know, it didn't like get the greatest response, but we did put a promotion team behind it and we were getting a lot of really good reviews and stuff. So I still really wasn't sold at that point. And uh, Eric was just constantly, I mean, I'd say at least once a week, he's like, so, you know, are you going to, you going to do the motorcycle thing again? And I was like, ah, no, I, I've been out of it for too long. I don't know if I can play like that anymore. You know, you know, like sometimes when guys switch, styles of music and they go to something else and they're in it for so long it's it's kind of hard to you know make oh, yeah. that, that that transition so i i was like well i was like screw it i'll, I'll try it you know and i i got in touch with the the demo lineup uh back from the 90 uh and i got a, i got a bunch of those guys <clears throat> excuse me and they were like i was like you guys want to do this you know and like see what happened oh yeah yeah okay so we got together and we started playing the demo songs and started doing gigs and uh, we even got very fortunate uh, to uh, do a support slot for the Death to All in uh, Chicago when it came to the House of Blues. And uh, that was great. So we're having a really good time. And then, you know, just slowly the members are just like, eh, you know, I, I, you know, I really didn't want to do this for a long period. And I'm like, okay, you know, so, you know, had to f- just find people. And um, when, when, I, when I found the lineup, that uh, uh, was in, you know, that took place uh, in 2014 for the Serving Two Masters EP. That's kind of where we really tested the waters. We're like, hey, we're going to write a couple original songs and let's see, you know, let's kind of test and see where we're at with uh, with the fans. So that kind of was really, really was just Eric uh, just kind of bugging me, like, why don't you do it? Why don't you do it? You know, and then when I realized, like, I got nothing else to do anyway, so I might as well start again, you know? Definitely. And the... The compilation that you were you were referring to is through the eyes of death, correct? Yes, that's correct, sir. Which is so that's the ninety demos of Gory Departure and Prolong the Agony. Yes, awesome. See, and, and that's the cool thing of what's happening in music today is like somebody had a tape, and their kid heard this tape, 
and then they then they fell in love with it and all of a sudden you know a lot of these bands 20 and 30 years later getting getting um like recognition again right you know that see that is so awesome to me that how things have come around <laughs> from like where tape is you know is being re-released again and, oh yeah and yeah so, and, like and, it's beca- and it's becoming quite popular like Vinyl was the first to come back. Tape was second, and I think tape is really kind of, kind of sticking around a little bit more so. But you know, I mean, vinyl is still popular, but I don't know. I think the tape just been seeing a lot of tapes lately, and and even even our stuff too. I work with smaller labels and stuff that reissue our demos and stuff like that on tape and whatever have you. And you know, and there's there's all there's all this other stuff in the works for next year. So um, you know, people that are cassette lovers will be happy with that. Hell yeah. And so going off of that with what you were saying, because you said you released that through Relapse. And obviously yeah. Relapse is, you know, is a pretty major label. Uh, Comparatively, I don't know if they're, I don't know really. Are they considered? I don't know. Are they? I mean, in this, you got to remember, this is how many years ago, too? 2000, what? 11. Or no, uh, no, uh, 12, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, something like that. But, I mean, they've got. A, a pretty big catalog you know they've got some yeah they've got a bunch of stuff from like amorphous you know atheist sure uh baroness even you know there's a ton of bands that have that they've released so sure. i guess what i'm what my question is is with this is do you own all of your masters um oh that's a well i i do not own any any so I guess for the people that don't know how how the, the, the record industry works is if you get signed by a label and a label pays for your recording they own your recording for life correct that has not changed since the fifties okay uh, and that's the problem that kind of stuff needs to change so and some bands some bands out there might be savvy and say hey uh, like for us uh, our wounds deeper than time record we were lucky enough to negotiate that. You know, we'll, we'll give it to the label for seven years, and then after seven years, then you turn it back over to us. So some bands can do that, um, you know, and it's, so it's not like that with everything. The, 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 the stuff that I own outright are the first two demos I own outright. Uh, the fourth record, which is Surface, I, I own that outright as well. Uh, Serving Two Masters, obviously the, 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 the band on that owns, you know, we own the rights to that. Uh, and that's about it. And, you know, that, that's really it. That everything else is owned by the label because that's, you know, they were contracted under them and they, they pay for the, you know, they pay for all this stuff. And so they have to obviously, they obviously have an interest in it. But I, I don't know if I agree with labels keeping stuff for life. That kind of sucks because if you didn't sign a really good contract and let's say your record sells a million copies, you get like zero. So it, you know, it is what it is, but it's just kind of a little tidbit for the people that don't know. Oh, absolutely. And I was talking with uh, Lips from Anvil about that situation where the first three albums are owned by like Unidisc in Canada and Mm -hmm. they don't export to the United States at all. Knowing that, knowing full well that if they re released those first three Anvil albums, they would probably make a fuck ton of money. Maybe, but yeah, you never know. But you never they know. Just you know, because I mean, you got you're talking like uh, forged in fire, uh, metal on metal. And oh, really? Hard, wow. and hard and heavy, and like, but they won't release it to the United States. So it's like, wow, man, like 
that's something that is like fundamentally flawed. Sure. <laughs> all through well, all through music. Yeah, and the, and the, and the, the documentary with them too. Um, I you know when you see that it's it rings really true to you know what what what, what your average I say average I'm gonna say av, you know or your average bands like theirs or ours or if you want to call it whatever you want to call it you know we you know most of us have day jobs and and you know and see him working and then you know and then like you said they played a show and get ripped off and it's it you know it, it it's a perfect depiction of, of how it is out there and uh I thought it was a good documentary I was glad that they made it oh absolutely and it was so cool because uh back in October they did a it was like a 17 year 15 year release of it where they released it to theaters finally nice yeah and it was it was like a one night only kind of thing it was like on a wednesday night in the middle in you know like the middle of october or something uh, like that and it was it was it was badass you know and it and it still to this day is like a it's it's a cult classic i think nice so you found a home here for the last few releases uh wounds deeper than time the extreme tolerance single and suffer for nothing on peaceville yes as well as the first three i'm sorry yeah we've been we've been on peaceville pretty much the only record that we had that was not on peaceville was surface and that was on pavement okay. and then of course the and then of course that compilation of demos was on relapse um but you know it's a compilation you know what i mean we weren't really technically signed to relapse but Okay. Uh, but it, yeah, it was so just surf, surface was done. pavement. Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, everything else uh, except for serving. Well, serving two masters was done through a smaller label here in town. Uh, but otherwise, in that, yeah, everything's on Peaceville, okay. and we've we've been we've been with them for a while. Well, see, that's something that I uh, that's something that the metal archives here has gotten wrong. It looks like because it's, it so it says like dying remains was on like Def Records. Uh huh. Well, and here's the thing. Or is that here's something the thing? That they and, well, no. And now, now I can tell. See, when I hear that, now I know the old school kid. The old school guys know about this. Def Records was a subsidiary of Peaceville. Oh, for okay. many years. And what happened is Def Records uh, went under, and Peaceville acquired, I think, two or three of the bands off the roster, and we were one of them to go to the Peaceville roster. Nice. So, uh, so on our second record, we actually became Peaceville recording artists. But the, but technically, since we reissued Dying Remains through Peaceville, anyways, it's all under the Peaceville Snapper Music moniker. So yeah, so the first and there's even a seven inch single out there, Sacrificial Right. It's a split, Us and Vital Remains, and it says Deaf Across America, because that was that's what it was. It was called Deaf Records. That's the official label that you know that was uh, that started everything. For Interesting. Us. See that that kicks ass because I was looking at their their page here for deaf records. And uh, it's like, you see people on there. You're like, wow, I know that guy. Or I know those guys like right. you know, at the gates was on there. Uh, uh, Isengard was on there. Pitch shifter was on there. Fucking uh, you said vital remains. It's like, wow. You know, it's n never would have put that together, honestly, without, without the explanation. So peaceville, obviously you're still with, and you're, uh -huh. you're going to be putting out the new album on, do you yes. have a name for it yet? Um, or, we do. Or, or are you allowed to say? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's you know, it's uh, us and the label work really close together. So I mean, it's you know, we're not under like a you know, there's like there's not really a leash on us or anything like that. Um, I just don't want to say because 
for some reason, like if it would change, yep. then it's like, oh crap, you know. Definitely. So I do have a title. Um, I I, I want to stay with this, uh, hopefully. Um, but like I said, sometimes things change, and so I really wouldn't want to like disappoint people with something else. So oh, for sure. You know, I mean, like, I mean, how long did we wait on Chinese democracy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no, and it's not. It, like I said, it's once. It, 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 yeah, and it's not like some rock star shit or anything like that. It's just. I just would hate if all of a sudden, for some reason, I would change. I'd be like, hey, man, I heard it was supposed to be this. What happened? I'm like, oh, crap, you know. So this you're, way, if nobody knows, they can't be disappointed anyways. <laughs> uh, you're you're very right with that. And, and people, people are fickle about shit like that. And, you know, you might come up with something completely different and, and it sound better. And they're just like, what? Come on, exactly. Man. I know. You can't please everybody, man. It's it, it's a hard. Uh, it, it's you know being in a death metal band, especially of the you know like ours that you know we've been around for a while and stuff. It you know it, it can be a little challenging sometimes. You know you're like you know some people want to hear a lot of the first record, and then some people want to hear you know maybe more of the second or third. You know, and you're just like you know, and you might not play one of those songs. You know, and it's just just one of those things. You know, definitely. You just, you just try to roll with it. You just try to roll with it. You know. So with that. Let's keep on that train of thought for a second, because, you know, here we're looking at 30, close to 34 years now. And how do you determine your set lists? Well, we, we know that, you know, the Dime Remains, which was our, our first record for those, for those that don't know, uh, a very kind of a cult classic record. And we do get a lot of requests off that record. Uh, matter of fact, next year is the 30th anniversary of that record. Mm -hmm. um, so we have a lot of special things coming. We have an actual cassette release coming, which hasn't been done in like 30 years. Uh, you know, colored vinyl, double CD sets. So we got a lot of really cool things planned for this next year. Um, so, but when it does come to planning the set, we 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 try to we try to play a good chunk like i'd say maybe even half depending on how long this you know if we're headlining you know then it might be a little bit less than half but for the most part we usually do half of like the first record you know we'll do like half like maybe four or five of those songs off the first record and then uh we usually pick uh one or two off a of surface or well usually usually one sorry so we'll pick like one off a of surface and then uh we'll probably pick like one or two off of wounds deeper than time and then of course we always try to pick one or two off of the new suffer stuff. for nothing so yeah so we try to get a little bit of everything in there and you know i mean we're even we're even we were even talking about going back and learning a you know some different demo songs to you know play out and whatever in the future and stuff so who knows you know sometimes it's just one of those things where it's like okay what are we what are we fresh at you know what's going on how long is the set so uh but yeah for the most part we try to get a little bit of everything i know the second and third record were real hard to, to uh, uh, just like the tuning. It, it just like doesn't translate to the tuning we're in today very well. So it's really hard to, to uh, play those up, songs. Sure. Yeah. It's really hard to play those songs. Like you really got to do some crazy stuff to play those. And some of those songs, not all of them, but some of them. Uh, so yeah. So we, uh, we uh, and actually, you know, I'm going to take that back. We actually did learn. We did learn one song off of the second record. We just have never played it out yet. So, like I said, every once in a while, you know, we always try to go back and we try to learn something, maybe like a song that we haven't played in a long time or something that maybe somebody wouldn't expect. And, you know, so it's just, you know, we just try to make a nice, real, 
you know, well-rounded set for everybody. And we're a live band, you know, so that's what we do. And, you know, when you come to see the show, it's, we want to present the songs across to the audience and that's pretty much what we do. Definitely. So on tour, you know, anything can happen. Is it when you are doing your sets and stuff like that? Is it, you know, the same order every night kind of thing, or do you mix it up? Because, you know, I, I, I've seen bands do both. Sure, sure. Yeah, you know, we I think I think we tried mixing it up once and it just kind of was like I don't know. Felt weird. I, I think we Yeah, <laughs> and I think I think we just yeah, I mean I think we just play we pretty much take the set, we just try to make it as tight as possible and then we go out and we just play it verbatim. Um, you know, and and I don't know, maybe pe- people might say, "Oh, they might disagree with this, but the thing is what we like is you know, for example, like you said, anything can happen. So, uh, I've had people like grab, you know, set lists off the stage and, you know, you would think after us playing this set for like what, four, like three months or something like that, you'd think I would know the order, but I don't, <laughs> I don't because I'm always, we're always, you know, in the background in practice while we're, we're always working on other songs and stuff. So it's always kind of like, Hey, what song are we on right now? What's going on? So when you play a set live and there's like no changing, you know, it's like it's almost like it's it's like muscle memory. You know what's coming next, right? Oh, and I, then that way you can you know you can anticipate it. You can you know okay, I know what's coming next. I know the next song. You know it, you know whatever the circumstance. Definitely. So that's kind of why we like to keep it pretty much the same set every night. Oh, for sure. And I, in my experience with that is like I get to the close to the end of the of the song before, and I'm thinking, all right, I know this is coming up next. I've got to make sure I have enough breath to do the vocal thing at the very beginning and then off and running kind of thing. Sure. Or I got to know that this is where I've got to be placement wise on the stage, you know, yep. just because of stage presence and stage show and stuff like that. So absolutely. And the reason I bring this up is because I recently went to a show and it was merciful fate and Ooh, nice creator and midnight. And Ooh. It was such a badass uh, show, like, in general. You know, not to mention the fact, you know, that Merciful Fate hadn't toured in America for 20 years or anything like that. But it was it was crazy because Merciful Fate, and I don't know if, uh, if you're going to anything, if you saw it or anything like that, but they basically, except for one new song, played nothing but 80s Fate. Oh, wow. Which was totally badass. Creator, on the other hand, yeah. What did they do? Basically, did some stuff from the eighties and all Millennial Mirror stuff. Both bands skipped. Wait, what was that last? Wait, was that last part you said? All what? All Millennial Mirror stuff, two thousands era. Oh. And oh yeah. So what was crazy about it is both bands released five albums in the nineties, and they skipped over all of it. <laughs> so like that's why I ask because you know you've got uh what six full length albums uh so uh, just let's just go with those the six full lengths so you know on average about 60 to 75 songs there that's a lot to just kind of omit you know when you're it, well, it is it's well it dude trust me it's it's always a challenge because and then especially to you know, one, you know, one, one of us or two of us might like a song more than the other guy, 
you know, like, oh, I want to do this one. Eh, I don't like that one. Or, oh, I like this one. I don't like, you know, so it's, it, it's an agreement thing too, you know, the, Hey, you know, are, you know, we cool with this song. We cool with this song. Um, and we're, and we're, we're just one of those bands too. Where it's just like, Hey, is everybody like this? And everybody goes, yeah, cool. Um, you know, and we just work through it, but like it, there are, there are songs. I'm like, Oh, I'd really like to play this. I'd really like to play that. But it's just, you know, we all work and you know, we, we have limited time, uh, sometimes to, uh, I'm going to say like get together, you know, um, we, we, we jam as much as we possibly can, which is once a week. Uh, so, you know, yeah, you, you got, you know, those couple hours to cram a lot of stuff in that, uh, period of time so sure. sometimes you know the stuff we want to get done i mean you know if we were like 20 year old kids and practicing three days a week you know then yeah we probably know every song in the you know under the sun but yeah with the time we have you know we just try to really pick out like what we really you know what we like and a lot of times we test songs out at shows too you know if there's a song we want to play we'll play it out a show see if it goes over it doesn't okay well then move on to something else so a lot of you know a lot of, uh, uh, and then of course over the, the, the couple of small tours that we've done too, just, you know, you kind of just hone it in, you know, you're like, yeah, that songs didn't seem to go over too well here, but here it went, you know, so it's all really kind of uh, trial and error really sometimes. Definitely. And I will make an editor's note really fast here. And I want to point out that you said hone it in, not phone it in. <laughs> and just, <laughs> Because some people, you know, they hear what they want to hear. <laughs> no, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like you're not phoning it in. You're you're honing it in. You're you're getting getting it as tight as you can. And I'm yes. sure with a career like you've had, that you always have somebody come up after the show that has something that off an album that you didn't play. You're like, oh, I wish you would have played if I survive or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not all the time, but yeah, you get it now and again. You're like, oh, hey, man, I wish we would have played this song. And you're like, oh, yeah, we played that the last time we were here. And, oh, man, you know, so yeah, it, it, it happens, you know. Like I said, we just try to we just try to really do a well-rounded set. You know, we try not to be, you know, I, I personally myself don't like playing real long sets because I just feel like, you know, I just feel like here you go. You know, let's let's do the set. You know, get through it. You know, obviously, enter. You know, be the entertainer and, and entertain and perform. Um, but I feel like the long sets sometimes. And I don't know some fans might like long sets. Personally, I like short sets. As far as like when I go see bands, I like the nice short sets. You know, like you know, forty five minutes or whatever have you. Yeah, I um, agree with that. But then again, that comes with kind of what we're saying is well. But then you, if you're going to do forty five minutes, well, then you only have so much time, and you've got these many songs and. Which songs are, where do you put which songs and which songs do you, you know, go over? So, oh, absolutely. And you, because you also have to look at, well, this song's nine minutes. And, you know, just for an example, you, uh, you all might not have a nine minute song, no. but you've got to look at it like, okay, well, this is X amount of time and we're going to play it. So that's immediately going to cut us down for, in, sure. a, in a two song set. You know, so that's right. going to take the place of two songs. So yeah, you it all it's all relative and it all makes sense. Oh yeah, to, oh yeah, it's oh yeah, it's 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 like a it's like a, a, a game of checkers or something, you know, or chess or whatever the hell you want to call it. You know, it's it's yeah, you got to really plan it out. And you know, and sometimes too, you might have a song where it works real well, maybe in you know this slot, but then you put it into a different slot and it goes over way better. You know, so yeah it's all that planning and strategic ebb and flow and in and out and you know just definitely 
Yeah, but it, it's definitely the ebb and flow. So awesome. New stuff to look forward to in 2023. Hell yeah. A 30th anniversary release. Uh, so, and hopefully a new album by the end of, of 2023. And hopefully a, a, a cool tour. Yeah. Awesome. That would be nice. Sounds good to me. Fuck yeah. Sounds awesome. So now's the time we're going to shift over here. I'm going to ask you a few general profile questions about you as a person. Oh, cool. These are these are just life-related questions. You know, you can apply yeah. anything to it. You can apply your music to it. You can apply whatever to okay. it. Okay. Shoot. What brand or product do you buy specifically because you feel it is trustworthy? Wow. That's a hard one. <laughs> That's a hard one. Wow. I got to think about this one. You know what? I'm going to probably just, I don't know, because I'm, I'm sitting here looking at my guitar. So I'm just going to, uh, I play Schecter guitars and I, I've, I've had many of them, but I'm, I'm down to two. Uh, I play the baritone, which is an extended scale. Uh, for the low, for the, our low tuning, and I just love them. I just think they're a great brand. I swear by them. Um, even the the newer models are just just amazing pieces of work, and I just I love that brand. Hell yeah! No, I actually uh, when I bought my I bought a Spectre about mm. sixteen seventeen years ago. Nice, and, yeah, and it's it's been the workhorse. It's been the number one, but it came down to a stiletto c4 base and, and wow and, that's interesting and this and this specter and i i loved both of them but like as soon as i put my hands on the neck of the specter it's like it was made for my hand wow yeah our bass player john he's got i think he's got two i think so oh, nice <laughs> yeah and 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 the thing is it's funny because i just bought a rick <laughs> oh nice <laughs> so my specters on the wall giving me an evil glare right now (laughs) (laughs) oh dare you right well i mean she's got to get retired eventually right you know have you forsaken me (laughs) right 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 uh what specific piece of artwork or music do you admire the most wow that's that's a good one too holy crap um i'd probably have to say uh art i'm not really you know i have i have i I really don't have a lot of art Uh, the art that i do have um my drummer's mom uh kathy house uh she actually uh does paintings and stuff so my so our house has her paintings Uh, otherwise uh, i'm not really a big connoisseur but I would have to say, and, and you, you said, uh, it, it, do I, it, I do I, uh, something I admire? Was that what you said? Yes, the, the, the kind of artwork I, that you admire I, most. I honestly really have to say the, art, the last record we did. I really, the artwork was so like, wow. Like I just, you know, I was just on Facebook and I, and he had he because it's a hand painted piece, right? You can even look at the the vinyl or even the seat. You can like see where like you can see the the canvas. So I thought that was really cool. And, and another reason, too, why I'm bringing this up is because it reminded me of Merciful Fate, Don't Break the Oath, the colors. Oh, yeah, for so, sure it does. So that, so that, I guess, that would be something I, I admire, I guess. Definitely. And you're right. You can totally see, because like, if you even go to the Metal Archives page, it pops up, and it's like a really big picture of it, and it, you can just see the minute detail in the skull and the flame. 
Absolutely. Hell yeah. What is the oddest job you ever took to earn a buck? Oh, wow. I feel like all my jobs are odd. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Now I'm going through the list here. It's a long list. You said the weirdest? Uh, The oddest. Weirdest. You know, I don't even know if it's really odd, but I... I took a job uh, doing telecommunications and they were soliciting for the supposedly for the fire department, you know, but you know, there's like a fire, there's a fireman's association and a policeman's association. Oh yeah. I'm sure every state's got one, uh, but they're run by these local guys. And I really don't even know if they're affiliated on any level, but that was probably, that was probably the, the weirdest, oddest ones. Cause I was surrounded by a lot of, uh, a lot of addicts. Oh yeah. Uh, it was like one of those jobs where you just went in, and you sold, 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 and you, 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 you know, you, you wanted people to donate and give money, and then you know you got rewarded for that, and then you, you got paid weekly, and it was just one of those you know weird thing. You know, these guys were like you know cashing their checks out the back door, and just it, it was it was just the crazy. I was like, I did that for a couple months, and I was like, I I don't want to do this, and like I did it, I did it, I needed to do it, you know, had to do it, and it was one of the jobs. I was like, ugh, you know. Oh yeah. Guy, guys are like smoking weed. They're like smoking weed, like right in the, like right in, like right in the, like right next to me. Guys just start sparking up. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is going on, dude? And these guys like, are going out in a lot and fucking doing crystal meth. And ooh, yeah, I was, I was like, dude, I gotta get out of this, man. So yeah, it was, uh, you know, it is what it is, man. You know, you just gotta not fall into that trap like those other dudes, and you know, get yourself out. Oh, for sure. We had um, a somebody that would come by our business like cr- like crazy like f- three times a week and they would have like you know like blow pop suckers and shit and they're like oh, i'm selling these for the the police uh like you the mm-hmm. association and shit like mm-hmm. that and it's just like and you could tell they were like i like like you said they were former addicts and stuff like that and yeah it makes it, it it's it's kind of like upsetting to a degree to to see people that are trying to, to you know to to better themselves after they've had something happen like that. Sure, absolutely. Especially you know, in a and, job and, and, like and that, not, right? And I'm not downing anybody, right? That's trying to get themselves into a better place. But these guys I was working with were definitely not. It was just it was a mean. It was a means to feed whatever habit they had, basically. And you know, for sure, it's just crazy. It's man, you know, guy in back of me. What did he say? He, he was hooked on meth or something. He's back there, you know. Sucking on opium, opium, uh, was it opiate lollipops and stuff? And I was like, "What the hell's going?" You know, so yeah, it is what it is, man. But yeah, I yeah, I, I encourage people if they have, you know, they can reach out and get help, get it, you know. Oh, for sure. Uh, what does a typical Friday night look like for you? Oh wow, pretty boring, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it really is. Usually, usually Fridays are, um, uh, unless of course you know I go out or something, but. Uh, Generally, I don't know, come home from work and relax, have a couple beers and have a little dinner, maybe maybe work on a, a you know, if I'm working on a song or, you know, we're trying to relearn something, I might do a little bit of guitar and then pretty much out, you know, spend the rest of the night with uh, my girlfriend and pretty typical, you know, yeah, pretty average. Hell yeah. Uh, have you ever been kicked out of anything? And if so, what was it? Ooh. Uh, I was kicked out of a band once. Only once. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. And the only, the only reason why I say once is because I've always started my own bands. So kind of hard to kick myself out, but, uh, 
uh, yeah, there was a period between when Mortiskald, uh, uh, broke up and, uh, the bass player and I were, were looking for a band and we found, uh, we had worked with this guy in, uh, uh, Schomburg and uh, his name is Brian and he, he filled in for us. Uh, cause in 98, well, after we recorded surface, we lost our original guitar player. So we had a, you know, a couple guys that filled in, uh, and like our current guitar player, Scott, he was in the band back in the nineties as well. So, uh, but anyways, so yeah, so we influx of guitar players and we got in touch with Brian and he lived in Illinois and, uh, we're like, Hey, you know, we live a couple hours away, but you know, let's, uh, you know, he had some project that he had been doing and. I heard a tape of it and I thought, wow, man, this really sounds good, you know? And he's kind of a one man band. So he was doing everything. He was programming the drums and playing the guitars and everything. And it just sounded fantastic. So I thought, man, we should really get this off the ground. And uh, so we, 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 we got, got a drummer and we started this band up and basically things were going pretty well. We were rehearsing, things were sounding great. And uh, it was really kind of like, it was kind of like a heavy Rob Zombie kind of fear factory ish type thing. And, uh, yeah. And so, you know, cause we're trucking along and one day after practice, the, the guy that I had played with for a while, he, Brian, he comes to me, he says, Hey, he goes, uh, or no, he didn't, he didn't even come to me. He called me when I got home. I, I said, what's up? And he goes, yeah, he goes, we don't, you know, I don't want you in the band anymore. And I'm like, Oh really? And I'm like, why is that? He goes, you're just too death metal. And I'm like, what? He <laughs> goes, you're just too death metal. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? I'm playing your material. I'm playing in your tuning. I'm playing your material and I'm sounding too dead. I was like, whatever. So I thought that was hilarious, but I, I got kicked out of that. So, Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> too death metal. That that just sounds like a, a cop. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Dude? That's like, that's like me playing a rat song. You sound too death. metal. what are you talking about? It's rat, you know, <laughs> we have had Z- the devil. No. Know? <laughs> hey, at least you did it better than he's doing it these days. Yeah, <laughs> I probably could, and that's not saying much. Right. Uh, Which magazine would you like to be on the cover of? <clears throat> Ooh, Decibel. Hell yeah. And, th- you know, that's probably an, a- an attainable goal, actually. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> really? No, I don't know. We're not we're not that popular, trust me. Oh, come you on know? now. Oh, just saying. Um, what is the biggest lie you once believed was true? Oh, jeez. And Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny do not count. Dang it. <laughs> um, wow. Man. Oh, shoot. Um, somebody had tried to tell me that my grandmother didn't love me, and it was not true. Oh. Yes. Hopefully, was it a family member? It was. Oh, my God. What a dirt bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's only a family. Yes, it was. Yeah, I know. That's what's really crazy because then I talked to another family member like, what? They're like, oh, your grandmother loved you so much, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I thought she did, you know, but this other person said she did. And I kind of, I started buying into it and I kind of believed it for a long time. You know, siblings and cousins can be fucking cruel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Family, family's always a fucking mess. Definitely. Uh, if you could try out a job for a day just to see if you like it, what would you do? Wow, that's awesome. Um, wow. Oh, these are great questions. You, you're like totally catching me off guard. I'm like, holy well, yeah, what would I do? Man, what, for one day. Yeah, if you could try out a job for a day, what would you choose to do? 
I, I, w- I would like to. I would be an actor. Right on. So, uh, I mean, like any any just any kind of like stage, screen, uh, anything. You know, like a movie. Hell you know, like a, like an like a, like a you know like a big time movie actor. Okay. I, I do that. I like to do that for a day. Then that'd be yeah. cool. I mean, I'm not saying I get the skills to do it. I'm just saying it'd be <laughs> cool to do for a day. You know, because people think that that's oh I could do that. Oh I could do that. And it's like I don't know, man. Like I haven't like done much film, but I I've done some uh, video. You know, uh, the the band but the the band that I did prior to getting some mortar skull coming back is uh, we did a video shoot, you know, and there's cameras in your face and all that. And it's like, yeah, you'd be surprised at it, you know, how some people don't really take to that very well. And then of course, you know, if you're an actor, well, you got to remember some kind of dialogue. Are you going to say it the right way? Are you going to say it the wrong, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, there's a really lot to think about. Cause I thought like 20, 30 years ago, I'm like, Oh, I could be an actor. Psh, yeah, I can do that. No problem. You know? And then all of a sudden I started thinking, I go, wow, man, like, what if I forget my lines? And, you know, or like, you know, you, all this, and then what if I, I, I can't do what they want me to do? And, you know, so I, I think it's definitely an art form. And I think there's, you know, just like bands or musicians, there's good ones, bad ones, same thing with actors. But I think doing that for a day, I don't know. I think it would be cool just to see the behind the scenes and like what really goes on. Oh, for sure. And, you know, that's something that I've recently got back into is the whole acting thing. And, you know, as I'm, you know, nearing 40, I realize that I'm pretty well typecast to a biker, I think. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a bad thing, though. Everybody needs a biker. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You always need the badass at the end of the bar. That's right. Yeah. yeah you always got to have a bar scene. Come on. <laughs> In anything. Yeah. Right. Even if it's fucking Clifford or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Uh, so I have one more question, but before we get into it, as always, links will be listed below. So please give a like, share, and a follow to these guys because they're out there. They're kicking ass. They're taking names. They're doing it. They're providing the music and awesomeness that you like to listen to. Do you have any shout-outs you want to give to anybody today? Oh, not really. <laughs> um, just, you know, just just shout-out to everybody, you know, the band, you know, the band guys and, you know, our, our uh, significant others that, you know, that uh, help us do this and support us in doing this. And the fans, you know, the fans for, you know, buying the stuff and especially a lot of the reissued stuff that's uh, coming out, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm just just real happy that they enjoy it, and I, I appreciate all their support. And uh, you know, they, they can go to our Mortar Skull uh, Facebook page. We have a new storefront, so uh, t-shirts, hoodies, all that stuff can be ordered right through there. Um, so a lot of good things. But no, I just really appreciate your time and everybody else's time, and just you know, just appreciate all all the support. Hell yeah, dude! And I appreciate that. Thank you for doing for doing what you do and coming on this week. No, I, I appreciate you asking me, man. It's always fun to do. And I think this is kind of the new, I think it's like the new way. I think that interviews are going to start going. Cause I even noticed, you know, uh, in 2020, when we really suffer for nothing, uh, even though it was, you know, in the, the, the COVID times and all that, um, you know, a lot of people of course weren't, you know, I think the interviews has got a little different. I think they've got more personal and like, like zoom or Skype or, or, you know, like us over the phone, um, I did quite. I did way more on that record than I did on Wounds. So I think this is kind of like a new way of, of format, and uh, I really dig it. You know, because we're just sitting here having a conversation, and 
you know what I mean? It's not like the rigid questions and, you know, you get the, sometimes the same, the same questions. And, and I thought you had some really good ones because you caught me off guard with a lot of them. So Hell I hope yeah. it didn't sound too, hope I didn't sound too much like a moron, you know, I'm oh, like, God, no. No, definitely air, not like, at all. Are you still there? <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not at all. So final question of the day. Oh, if daily you, double. Oh yeah. If you decide to get cremated, where would you like to have your ashes spread? <clears throat> fuck man dude like you are really asking damn it i was not prepared for i prepared for something like uh so on the second record you know say i'm like oh no you're asking some really good ones um well i do want to be cremated so that's uh uh well a reality uh or not a you know what i mean i I do want to be cremated um man spread man that is a really good question um or are you you know if you're having trouble are you that Put me on the mantle guy. I was going to say, yeah, they could put, well, you know what? It's up to the person. I'll leave it up. If, if there's somebody that wants me on the mantle, fine. If not, man, that, I, I wouldn't even know of anywhere that I, you know what? I would probably say, take me over to the Netherlands and like bury me somewhere cool. Fuck. Yeah. Dude, that's <laughs> bad fucking ass. <laughs> Yeah, we, I just, I don't know. I just, I love it over there, man. We, we played over there a couple of years ago and it was, it was just amazing. So a lot of, you know, and then just a couple of months ago in September, we played in the uh, UK and uh, Denmark and uh, just some really, oh man, just some really amazing fans and uh, just really a lot of love for us. So, I mean, it was a, it was a great experience. Dude, see that, that's so awesome. And, you know, to, to be, to have something and then it and then disband it and then come back with an all new pretty much all new lineup today mm-hmm. of what you've mm-hmm. got and being able to you know to go world tour you know play shows in Europe and and stuff like that you know that's always the dream when you start out and then yeah it might have taken a lot longer to get there but you're there and that kicks ass yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, I don't, I don't know about we're, we're not really touring the world, but we we definitely did get some some opportunities that definitely uh, we're very grateful for, and yeah, and to see and see other parts of the world too. So um, we're hoping to expand that uh, this next year. So hopefully, uh, go back over to Europe and you know maybe do a couple of weeks. Oh, that see, that's fucking rad, dude hell yeah yeah we'll see that's that's uh you know i guess it's a lot of work and we just uh you know we just want to go back over there and then you know probably plan something either uh i don't know we're, we're going to try to either do something west coast or uh do maybe another run uh down down and then you know out east again but louisville dude we played there a bunch of times man hell yeah that i, I love kentucky we played kentucky so many times I remember in 2017, it was in Balmer us, and I don't think you know. I don't think they played them. No, it was, this was just a show for us. It was like on the way home, and my buddy Chris from out there was like, "Hey, I'll put on a show at uh, this pizza place," and it was in the downtown area. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the place now. Spinelli. Anyways, we yes, yeah, that yeah. place was awesome. I mean, so there was a black metal playing in between the pizza ovens. As yep. soon as they were done, we set up, we played, we tore down, sold some shirts, and we were on the road. Hell I mean, yeah, but the, the pizza was great, dude, and there was a few people that were awesome, so 
you know, yeah, we, I love, I love Kentucky. I'm really hoping we uh, get around to play in uh, that neck of the woods again in the future. Definitely. And, you know, I actually booked some shows here, so it, it hit me up. Sure. Well, um, they can, anybody that is interested, I'll put you in touch with our booking guy. We have a guy that takes care of all that for us now. So yeah, for sure. Uh, finally got somebody to do that, which is awesome. Uh, so, uh, yeah, anybody that wants anything, I'll just have to, I'll send it to you. But yeah, we have a booking guy and we can set something up and that'd be really cool. Awesome. So off of suffer for nothing, the latest, what do you want me to play out today? Um, play dead wave for me. Dave, thank you so much. This is kicked ass. <laughs> so, you heard him. This is Dead Weight. Your life means nothing.
Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground. From the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at... 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.com. BigCartel.com Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is the Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like, like, 
Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. It's going to get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no Man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one, because they stopped beating their wives. <laughs> and weird, we never even thought of. Well, no, my friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. <laughs> weird. It's gonna get weird. Is the name of the podcast available everywhere? And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. Hey, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of The Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now, we're really going to start pounding the metal madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on.